is this the calm before the storm Dudley's gone Eugene's on its way it's going to be a windy weekend but more importantly is it's only 38 days until the sun sets after 7 p.m spring and summer is on its way I have my daffodils here Good morning, good morning, and welcome to House of Property. Good morning to my co-host and favourite friend. Wow, actually, that's a friend. <laughs> How the devil are you? I'm good, I'm good. I am blinking busy. So those people that are saying the house market or house prices are going to crash, the property market is over, there is no stock. I'm sorry, that is not the case. Yes, stock is challenging and I'm not going to go into lots of details about that, but it's a really buoyant market. Everything that we could bring into the market is sale agreed at over guide prices. There is still a race for those beautiful homes. Now, yeah, we always have the corker chestnuts, whatever, that take a little bit. And in fact, we have had a property, a cottage that we only put on the market mm, two weeks ago maximum. We've done 24 viewings on it. Like, oh my God, 24 viewings. That's a lot. Wow. But best and final bids yesterday over the guide price. It's still really, really good. But yeah, I was really shocked. I said to my team, how are we doing 24 viewings on a cottage? Good God. Welcome to Hop, the monologue by Grifter. Um, oh, wow. That's a lot going on, isn't it? But actually, Ooh. stock's really important. Did you not read in the press this morning that Property Market says that stock levels have increased by 80% December onto January? No great surprise. You know, December is dud and January is New Year. Let's join the gym. Let's move house. So it's a good, but I think <laughs> there is a slight unlocking of stock, isn't there? There's more houses coming to the market. You'd expect it seasonally in January, but more coming out there. But demand is still very, very, very strong. Very, very strong. Many buyers out there. So apart from busy, how has your week been? It's been very good. I seem to have been kind of traveling all over the place. Uh, the storm's a little bit challenging. Had a little bit of a challenge with my car, obviously. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, <laughs> stop it, because I had a big rant yesterday about this. It's absolutely fine. doesn't matter what type of car you drive, as long as it takes you from A to B um, in a nice, safe way, said Katie Never. <laughs> I miss my car. I love my car. I love my big four-wheel drive, which I know is not very green and eco-friendly, but I do lots of other things to, for the planet and the environment. I'll just stop now. Anyway, um, my kids are really excited because it's got my higher car's got a sunshine roof. Easily, Excellent. please. I'm going to have a rant now, That's not about problem. cars, but about customer service, because I have experienced quite shoddy customer service from two industries this week. Okay, so one is the car. Uh, what do you call that? The car, the... the Motor vehicle industry. That's it, the motor vehicle industry. Sorry, women of a certain age, can't remember words. Um, and the other, which we'll come back to, which is slightly controversial, is from a solicitor. Solicitors. Let's put Ooh. solicitors in. Um, now, if you call someone, Martin, or they call you, you call them back, don't you? 100%. Very quickly. And if you so, can't call them back, you give them a message, send them a message, say... I'm just doing this. I will call you back. Yeah. Okay. And if you're not going to be in, you'll say, I'm I'm not going to be around until three o'clock. Because obviously sometimes people do call and expect you to call them back straight away. And that doesn't always happen. However, I have tried to contact my garage this week just because I've got a problem with my car. Um, and I had to leave three messages and did not have one single phone call returned. So by the third message, I was not a very happy person. Now, if that was us, 
as estate agents and we get a bad rap, yeah? If you did not return one phone, okay, say two phone calls. Oh my God. You just, you wouldn't be you. They wouldn't use you, would they? No. So how does the car industry get away with that? And the same with solicitors. Communication utterly key, okay? And I know I'm probably going to get a more, and I think it's great, but I'm trying to get a very difficult transaction over the line, which has been going on for about six months now. My client is, I have to be careful here, just in case. Yeah, really, really, really careful. Um, my client is resident abroad. Um, and so he's left power of attorney for, for a friend to, to deal with it. We've got one piece of the jigsaw about registering a, a part of a title of land. And this has been outstanding since the first week of January. And I am chasing the solicitors. Um, but there's one solicitor in particular. And I'm not trying to put the finger of blame or anything like that. All she needs to do is call. That's all she needs. To, that's all they need to do. Sorry, don't identify the person. Um, and I've passed it to my colleague because I've been very busy out of the office this week. And the message that came back was, I am too busy to talk to you. I will update you sometime this week. And that was on Monday. Mm. It's, um, it's poor, isn't not it? Acceptable. Not acceptable. <clears throat> poor, am I going to refer... Am I going to refer work to that business? Absolutely no way. I, and, and you can't give that service, can you, in this day and age? And if that firm of solicitors is doing that to you, they're going to be doing it to other people as well. So let's be honest, in a small town, small communities, it's going to come and buy them in the bum, isn't it? And they're going to um, struggle. Or they're going to not have a reputation that people are going to want to work with. But I don't think, this, I don't think that is unique to your firm of solicitors. Um <clears throat> I've got um, a similar sort of case this week where there's been an outstanding issue that was um, started being sorted in November and hasn't been chased since. Um, one of my sales progressors has been chasing them through and the solicitors emailed the client to say, you need to back your estate agent off. I will get around to it when I can. Um, actually, we're all trying to do the same thing, aren't we? We're all trying to get through the deal, um, which is crackers but communication collaboration working together you know what i mean it's back to your got and get isn't it yeah. i don't i don't um i don't um got i haven't got to work with that solicitor i get to work with that solicitor i knew i'd get it mixed up with the wrong way around yeah. um i haven't got to do a podcast i get to do a get podcast. to do a podcast <laughs> on your own next week um that's good um no, it's, I mean, let's be honest. I don't understand. There's no excuses now. Do you know, do you remember? So you think about it, it's a year next month, the end of March. It's a year since the first, the, the end of the first stamp duty yeah. deadline. It's mm -hmm. a year ago. Yeah. So we've had, so I can give us solicitors some, um, some compassion uh, this time last year, struggling with it a bit now. Um, yeah. It's, um, any other winter market to work with it's not a spring market they can't cope now how the hell are they going to cope in another few weeks time um, it's, it's not isolated it's actually everyone every industry every business needs to look at their customer service so land rover yeah it's oh, been crikey, you go there, yeah i'm going for it i'm getting contract it's been falling off a log for them and many people might say state agency and selling houses has been the same so they've got a supply and demand situation where they've got a lot of people wanting their cars and they can't provide the stock very similar to our industry but there's no excuse for not you know returning a call there's no excuse for giving you a car when they say oh sorry it's only been brought in this morning hasn't been washed hasn't been sanitized do you want to wait while i do that 
not really. No, I've got a job to do. I've been up since 6.30 sorting children and dogs out and there's a storm coming. Good God. Oh, wow. It's been a tough way for you, isn't it? OK, so let's just have a look at that a little bit different for our listeners, rather than just hearing rant by Katie Griffin. Let's just <laughs> uh, let's see how we can learn from that and whether some amount yeah. within our industry. OK, Definitely. so first of all, why are conveyances under so much pressure? pressure? Two or three main things for me. They're under-resourced. Why are they under-resourced? They're under-resourced because a decade ago they slashed their fees to a level that meant that no longer could they attract quality people and no longer could they sustain the business levels that they wanted to sustain with the customer service they've got. So it's under-resourced. It's undervalued because it's not yeah. being paid enough. Um, and there is um, a lack of modernization in their system. Yeah. Not all, not all, not all solicitors have become digitalized. They've not embraced technology. So there's three big things there, isn't there? Under resource, because they're slashing their they slash their, their income and mm -hmm. they're not modernized. Well, there's things that we can learn from our industry there, isn't there? Are we using, are we relying on prop tech or are we using prop tech to make us more efficient? Are we compromising our fee for market share, which is vanity and profit is sanity at a time when if you keep your fees going down, and I'll go on to fees in a minute because I've got something in property industry, I've got my goat today. Um, and you need to keep it and retain good people. You're only going to do that by paying them a proper wage, by bringing an income. If you haven't got the income properly, then correct, then you're not going to put proper wages in. So that's the first thing. Okay. Um, I completely forgot my second thing. I thought, um, I thought you were on your third already. But I, I would interject and just say every business has this issue. Yeah. So we've had this, you know, in the estate agency surveying industry, in, you know, with property letting, with sales, haven't we? That we haven't got enough staff. We haven't got, you know, qualified staff. We haven't got the staff with the experience. We haven't got enough time. It's so busy. We can all do that. But actually, you've got to sit down and say, well, actually, if you are too busy, don't make those promises. Don't don't take on the work if you, if you can't do it. And actually, I found something really good on LinkedIn from a fellow agent, James White at Belong Estate Agents. And he put a week ago out onto LinkedIn that about conveyancing referrals. So he's saying what matters to us is great service to our clients. Conveyancers and solicitors who put our client at the top of their list, not referral fees. Yeah, so I'm not against charging referral fees, but I personally have found it's better to have the relationship with that conveyancer and solicitor. I really like that. I think it's a, a point That's well a made. One. Yeah. Very well made. Very well made. Very good. It's, an in, it's a good and important, and unfortunately, because of the way that fees are, vital income stream, especially for one agent that's been quoted in property industry ISO, which I talk about in a moment. Um, and um, but relationships, always relationships, isn't it? Which yeah. conveyance is going to work with you? Which conveyance is going to help you, communicate with you? When are you get, what are you going to do yeah. to bring it together? As a valuer, I'm always saying that you need to get your A team around you. So you need to pick the best estate agent for you at this job. Yeah. You need to pick the best conveyancer. You need to pick the best mortgage advisor. And that's your A team around you that work alongside you and work work with you to achieve your goal. But I want to just so fees are really important. I think because a lot of estate agents at the moment are budgeting, looking at their budgets, their financial year runs in line with the tax year. Um, yeah. Then they're doing lots of financial budgeting at the moment. And... Um, one of the challenges that people are having is that lots of estate agents have cut their fees because they're mm. frightened by the lack of stock and the market share. Yeah. Um, and we all agree that stock is king. 
or green. And those that gain the most amount of stock in the first quarter of 2022 will probably be the successful agents at the end of the year. Yeah. However, there's an article in Property Industry I today that talks about people, the general public being uh, frustrated by estate agents' fees. Well, first of all, we go a little bit deeper into this story. Um, that people feel ripped off by estate agents. This is twenty. This is two thousand people. This isn't twenty thousand people. This is two thousand mm. people. Um, good old pie. Good old good pie old with pie. a uh, Exactly. And no great surprise that written. This story is written by the CEO of Strike, the estate agent <laughs> that sells your house for free. I mean, how is this even a story? How right. is that journalism? Let, let, so we've taken apart the car industry, we've taken apart solicitors and conveyances. Right, I'm on to journalists now. How? Yes, yeah, sorry. How is that? But we're meant to be controversial, aren't we? How is that super duper news in journalism? Well, yeah, that... you know, Strike are uh, apparently also. I don't know. If, I don't know if Strike have got a sponsorship deal with Pi at the moment. Um, but apparently, one of the fastest growing estate agents in the country. Fabulous. Really? Um, yes. Um, but. Um, they charge nothing, but they earn some money somehow, don't they? Maybe that mm -hmm. is through mortgages and conveyances, the conveyancing, um, potentially. So, whilst, so whilst maybe the, the general money. public need to understand what they're paying for, which is really important. How do we justify our fee, Grifter? How do we make sure that we defend our fee, defend, 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 then oh. capitulate our fee? Yeah. There's my curveball to you. But actually, what, why make fee an issue? Why make oh. fee an issue? Because it shouldn't be. You should be doing your job so well that actually that your seller or your landlord turns around and goes, you have demonstrated your knowledge, your professionalism, your experience and your ability to do the job, not just at this level, but way above that bar. So I want to work with you and I will pay you what you're worth. Excellent. And then Love I that. woke up. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's the truth. It's the truth. And I've been working on something for our levelling up um, workshop that we're yeah. going to be doing. Um, on the importance of being a celebrity. Because let's be honest, if you are a celebrity, people will pay thousands of pounds to be associated with that celebrity. They want to be associated with winners. So, you know, why does Mo Farah get thousands of pounds to be able to be sponsoring Nike or whatever, whichever celebrity it may be? Sean Bean, Yorkshire Tea. Um, they'll pay a lot of money for that because they are endorsing their brand. Well, let's bring that down to the average person in the street you've got to build yourself as the celebrity estate agent in your community and i've been working really hard on how you become the celebrity in your community there's some great things out there i can't wait to for those people who are going to be attending the leveling up workshop and if you've not got that your name down yet get hold of katie griffin all right and we will yeah. sort it for you get on um, our list Get on, on but a lot, a lot about how you become the property celebrity in your community that means that people want to use you, which means that you are the person that's short of choice over and above fees. Like why do why do people pay lots of money for after dinner speakers? Why do people bring in experts that because they've seen because they think they know them, because they've seen them on lots of podcasts or lots of TV programs or things like that? Um so um You've got to become the celebrity to justify your fee. And I think that is anchored around customer service. Because if you are the celebrity, then you've always got to have your brand at the forefront of everything that you're doing. And it wow. takes a lifetime to build a brand and a moment to um, have it smashed to bits. But then sometimes when some people try and smash your brand to bits, uh, personal brand to bits, they actually um, realize that people that the brand is stronger than people trying to attack it. So it's a lot of work and foundations, but there's some quick wins to be able to become the celebrity 
in your area. Absolutely. So whilst okay. we're on journalism, I just want to, to say that I've seen an article written by Helen Crane for This Is Money, which talks about the headline. So it's a headline grabbing um, article. Are sellers overpricing properties? Nearly 400,000 sales were hit by down valuations last year, accounting for more than half the total sales in some areas. Now, this is damn lies and statistics, much like your strike uh, article. So when you look at this, you've got kind of the sensitization of journalism, okay? So it's estimated that 390,000 homes have been downvalued by surveyors, okay? And then she goes on to explain for the, the person on the street, this is when they report that the price um, agreed exceeds its market value. I just thought it was... A, uh, a, a non a non point quite frankly it, it was a interesting article by i think benham and reeves uh or the, the stats were by benham and reeves surveyors um and they were saying that actually they don't take into account when they're looking in, at down valuation they don't take into account the figure the sale figure that's actually agreed they look at comparables in the marketplace um and that is sometimes and in this case in four hundred thousand cases um lower than the price agreed now Really? Because you worked some stats, didn't you? And you were saying, actually, that's one in four sales? Well, think about it. If it's 400,000 properties there was, uh, last year, there's 1.2 million completions last year, transactions. Uh -huh. Well, some of those down valuate, that would be one in three of those sales yeah. agreed uh, have been subject to a down valuation. Now, some of them will have fallen through because of that down valuation. So let's yeah. add a third on top of that. So that takes the 1.6 million transactions. That uh -huh. still takes one in four, 25%, of sales have been affected by down valuation. Now, well, certainly in the over a thousand transactions that we concluded last year, um, I wouldn't say there was many down valuations, certainly not one in four. Um, so, and it totally doesn't sit overly right. Also interesting that the average down valuation in the report is between five and 10,000 pounds. So take middle ground on that, their words, seven and a half thousand pounds, which equates to the average price being 2.8%. Now, I'm not sure how many valuers and how many lenders get too twitchy about 2.8%. It always used to be, back in the day, 5% before they got twitchy. Um, and um, six, in ten, um, six in 10 transactions have been hit by down valuations in London in 2021. So there has been a swell of conversation about down valuations. Um, yeah. What, so what do we do? What do we need to remember? Let's try and think about how we defend our position against. Well, Dr. Can, can I just can I just keep it real for a minute? When was the last time you had a down valuation? And this is probably tempting fate now. It will be. It will be tomorrow. Um, the, this, is, um, this is my point. Point made. Can't, can't tell you. Can't tell you. I think can't I've had one in the last 12 months. Again, I need to just touch a bit of wood now because like we said, that's tempting fate. So, again, I don't think we should discuss this any further because it's a non bit of journalism again. Where where's the meaty stuff? Where okay okay. But what I would turn around to say though, if lenders were to, I don't think we should make any predictions in the market because no one actually no. knows. And I think it's, we said this time last year that it's the most difficult market to predict, and we would have all been wrong. Nobody predicted it right. The year yeah. before, we had a swing from one large yellow predictor, a large agent, national agent, saying that price was going to drop by seven percent, um, to other agents saying it was going to rise by three percent. Massive swing. Yeah. Difficult to predict. We're coming out of a pandemic. Lots of potential economic headwinds. But if there is some economic headwinds, and you may get some nervous lenders. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to get some nervous lenders, how do you defend it? Well, we need to make sure that we know that 
surveyors only look at comparables of sold and completed properties. Now, we know that they're at least three to four to five to six months out of date. So as an agent, you're going to have to help that surveyor justify her or his figures by almost providing the comparable evidence before you even get out to a property. If you're in a rural location, they normally look at three miles or five miles, spread that out mm -hmm. to 10 miles. Um, have figures for your local area, independent to your own figures that justify how prices have changed. So look at the Halifax, look at the Nationwide, look at Land Registry to understand how prices have performed over the last six months. You need to be on it just like this so you can defend your vendor's sales. Um, that's the only way around it. You don't accept down valuation without a challenge. Good, like that, although I don't believe that it's an issue. But anyway, so last week I attended an amazing event that was put on by Property Mark. And I just wanted to give a shout out to a most phenomenal, compassionate gentleman that I met. And his name was Chris Moon. And he is actually a... Um, a speaker on the circuit, dare I say it. No one will have ever heard of him, but I can tell you that man changed lives in that room But last week. He was absolutely phenomenal. He walked the walk and he talked the talk. And this is a chap who made almost 100 property professionals feel humble as hell. And basically this chap, okay, he has lost his right arm and his right, right leg being blown up um, by a landmine. And his humility his sense of humor his uh passion his he was just amazing and he didn't sit down and go do you know what i'm gonna die because this bad thing has happened to me he has blimmin turned it around he's done the um amazing marathons and i just it was just phenomenal and you took a room full of mature and young um property professionals who were literally brought to tears in that room so shout out to chris moon you were absolutely fabulous you absolutely smashed it so and you missed that martin and it was very very good one of the things that he did do having only one leg was he ran and i have to check it here because i can't remember how to say it, the marathon de sable and the 135 mile bad water death valley ultra and he basically Oof. sees life as a challenge and he just wants to go for the next one and, and so i just say you don't come in and say you've had a bad day you haven't even known a bad day until you know what this guy has been through and it actually just made us all press our restart and our reset button and i think that's what some of us need to do sometime i love that that's chris moon i'm gonna look him up so presumably these are things on um, youtube and linkedin and things like oh, that yeah he was he was really good he just shared his kind of experiences on what he says is the balance of life and actually when he woke up after, um, you know, sort of in the dirt after he'd had this stood on this landmine and he he said, right, he checked. Yeah. OK. My right arm's missing, but I've got my left arm. Yes. Happy days. Uh, I, I checked. My right leg was gone, but my left leg was there. Yes. Fantastic. He then checked his bits and that was still there. And he said, well, life's good. And I just thought it was just a different interpretation on something absolutely <laughs> shocking that has happened to you. It really made me laugh. Absolutely shocking that had happened to you, that he's just made the best out of it. So when we are having a crappy day, and I remember this when I was ranting yesterday at the, at the garage, I just go, do you know what? I haven't had this catastrophic thing happen to me. It's just the wrong car they've given me. Come on, sort yeah. yourself out. And you just press the reset button and put things back into perception perception and reality and what's important.
I love that. It comes back to your got to get, isn't it? It's always, I say to lots of people, you, especially in our industry, start with yes. And if you have to work to no, that's fine. But don't start yeah. to no and try and be dragged to yes because it's a bloody miserable word. Yeah, don't start with negatives. Case. Don't start with negatives and don't say no problem because that's a double negative. Get that out of the way. Excellent. So just out of interest, was um, this Property Mart do a black tie do or were you just in business attire? Just in business attire. Well, it's a good job that it wasn't a black tie because had there been a fish there, you would be asking yourself, what do you call a fish that's wearing a bow tie? <laughs> Sophisticated. <laughs> you know, when you just go, I have no idea where you're going with this. It's just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Honestly, what are you doing? Right, so we are going to have to wrap things up because it's a busy, busy, busy week. And I am in a different office today and I've got all my staff waiting outside because obviously we're doing a live uh, live show. But I just wanted to end um, on, we've talked about get and got and we've talked about, you know, um, no problem. And we've talked about being positive. But actually, I just wanted to, to shout out something that I'd seen, and it was about fear. So F-E-A-R and how fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run. OK, or you can look at it on the other hand and say face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Have a great week and we'll see you in a week's time live at 8.35 every Thursday.